The idea of human replacement is in so many ways a futuristic and an apocalyptic concept. On the one hand, it is about planning for and actualizing space for the generations to come. However, in its apocalyptic form in world history, human replacement is the basis for Western settler colonialism, imperialism, and the subjugation and enslavement of people. An underlying framework for human replacement is the notion of distributive equality, specifically how people are equal in any given society and in what ways are people cared for and who has the power to determine egalitarian organization within the social structure. In the 1800s, there was an urgency for the U.S. to expand into the Western territories. It was the intention of white society to replace the indigenous Native American nations to take their land, settle the white population, that is, replace themselves, replace the Native Americans, and to extract and exploit their resources. This became the official act of removing people, placing them on reservations, and seizing children for American Indian residential schools. After 1865, when four million African people were freed from the institution of slavery, one of the first articulated concerns of white citizens involved the idea of human replacement. A free black population meant that they would ultimately demand equal treatment and opportunity under the law. In response, white supremacists developed an entire rationale about why blacks should have been kept in bondage, straining for ways to reinstitute slavery, which they would later accomplish under the peonage system. They said that enslaved Africans were physically and intellectually better off and overall had lived happier lives than free blacks. Of course, none of this was true. It was illogical racist reasoning and their arguments ran counter to beliefs about their own sense of freedom and equality. Late 19th century commentators like physician John Van Every wrote passionately about this in his 1868 work, White Supremacy and Negro Subordination. He and several of his contemporaries offered the argument that if black people were treated equally in any way, this automatically meant that white people would be cast down into a realm of inferiority. The racist argument was fixed in the idea that there could never be white parity with Native American and African American people. It was a public concern that thousands of Native Americans and those four million black people would, if left unchecked, aggressively seek to replace the white population. The spectral fears of replacement and foreign federal policy of forced assimilation towards Native Americans 
fueled the restrictive black codes along with centuries-long Jim Crow racism and racial violence against black people. Like the early believers in the Great Replacement Theory, modern-day adherents are wholly concerned with planning for the future, one that privileges whiteness and alienates and oppresses everyone else. This is Dr. Catherine Bancoli Medina with the invention of racism. The goal of this podcast series is to share the subtle and not so subtle nuances of racism from the past into the 21st century. Understanding and speaking the truth about racism is the first step toward combating and ultimately eliminating it. As we end the year 2021 and move into 2022, I repeat my podcast disclaimer. I don't speak for any associated institution, past or present, or any scholar or any other individual that I may mention by way of elucidating a certain point or through citation. My opinion and commentary are indeed my own. And in the spirit of Ma'at, I argue for equal justice, knowing that in this tumultuous day and age, we are compelled to remind others that we are all human. This episode is about the Great Replacement Theory. Given the current chaotic political moment, note that we are coming up on the first anniversary of the January 6, 2021 coup attempt in the U.S. Keep in mind that the Great Replacement Theory is not just a theory. It is a racist philosophy, an ideology, a perspective, a belief system, and most of all, a call to action. In brief, the Great Replacement Theory, sometimes referred to by the initials GRT, is the far-right idea that suggests black and brown people are deliberately planning to supplant the white population. The Great Replacement Theory also includes such threats from other people of color and those who identify religiously as Muslim or Jewish. The Great Replacement Theory is widespread these days, especially as a key talking point in the realms of far-right media. But it is a concept that has always been with us yet recently rediscovered and popularized by white supremacist thinkers in the 2010s. It became an important white ethno-nationalist narrative out of France with the writings of novelist Renaud Camus. And Dr. Cécile Lecomte said, and I quote, the Great Replacement describes the supposed substitution of Western countries of the historical population by other populations coming mainly from the Maghreb and sub-Saharan Africa with the help of the elites, end quote. So, Renaud Camus' ideas about white ethno-nationalism were appropriated by neo-right-wing groups throughout Europe and easily found a particular affinity in Germany by neo-Nazis. In the U.S., These ideas were later reinforced by members of the GOP 
and reflected in the presidential era of 45. Of course, black scholars warned us about the Great Replacement theories decades beforehand. And I'm particularly thinking of the works of Dr. Frances Cress Welsing. You can consult her early paper, The Cress Theory of Color Confrontation, and her book, The Isis Papers, The Keys to the Colors. She told us that the white nationalist conception of white genetic survival has fueled every aspect of contemporary racist behavior. And by the way, for a really thoughtful treatment of Dr. Welsing's life and work, I recommend uh, Dr. Darif Jamison's paper, Francis Crest Welsing, Decoding and Deconstructing the Cultural Logic of White Supremacy. But despite Dr. Welsing's warnings and the caution advised from many other scholars, by any other name, the Great Replacement Theory is an old yet persistently vibrant racist threat assessment that white populations are in danger of disappearing. It is a fear-based concept that fuses demographic, fertility, and birth rate data with conspiratorial notions of white racial annihilation. So from this point, I will mention some of the additional thoughts I have about the Great Replacement Theory, comment on the GRT and a few racist stereotypes, and end with a note about the violent global reach of the Great Replacement Theory and the idea of preemptive retaliation. So I think it's important to remember that the Great Replacement Theory is one of the critical defenses for contemporary white racist thinking. White supremacists believe they are superior. So it stands that the so-called inferior people are perceived as an invading force would attempt to replace them. And principally, that the whole of white Western civilization is viewed as being under attack from several areas of human activity, cultural, political, social, and economic. In this line of thinking, there are purportedly multiple ways to bring about this racial eradication. One is racial integration, particularly in the areas of education and housing which is routinely cited as a potent way to supplant the white population. In the U.S., in the 1950s, well into the 1970s, the racial integration of public schools and housing was viewed as the first step toward white genocide. A popular talking point central to the GRT is that the call for immigrant rights and reforms to immigration, deportation, and processing practices as they pertain to non-white populations is yet another way of usurping white power and exposing them to genocide. And one of the most important aspects of GRT thought among adherents is in the area of women's rights specifically 
the right to control and make decisions about the female body, notably characterized in the abortion and reproductive rights debate, specifically the need to restrict abortion and even other forms of reproductive agency, such as birth control for women, because failure to do so compromises and reduces birth rates, which ultimately decreases the white population. And great replacement theory has always been concerned about race mixing with white populations. We see this from the pre and post bellum US fears of miscegenation through modern efforts to aggressively promote ethnic ambiguity in the popular culture and to politically deracinate people of color in order to project an increased white demographic. We also include here the GOP pretense that elections now need special protections by the Republicans because, as Dr. Carol Anderson has pointed out, black people in the U.S. have been falsely accused of electoral misconduct when Republicans lose elections. And this sentiment has existed long before the 2020 presidential election. This assertion has led to the implementation of voter suppression legislation and the failure to pass the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act and to open political acts of electoral subversion. Further, there is the suggestion that a fundamental extension of voting rights protections for black citizens and immigrant populations will, dis will di diminish the existence of white people. So overall, the GRT rests on the fantastic conspiratorial belief that white populations who identify politically, culturally, and socially as liberal and or progressive are race traitors, intentionally spearheading the great replacement. Now there are some stereotypes that I wanted to mention. A mainstay stereotype is that black people are more fertile than white people and are seen as more promiscuous. And you know, this is an old and well-worn stereotype, one that was used to justify the sexual exploitation of enslaved African men, women, and children. Thus, in the contemporary iteration of the stereotype, black and immigrant people challenge moral standards and strain social service infrastructures, all to the detriment of white society, according to the Great Replacement Theory. Another stereotype, which is, I think, more of a misconception, is that people of color, namely immigrants, willingly provide cheap labor to businesses and corporations, and in doing so, they drive down labor and earnings opportunities for white people, which contributes to white community decline. This deep-rooted and crude pedestrian falsehood ignores how historically racial capitalism dictates wages and creates working class competition and hostility because ultimately white people more often refuse to engage in backbreaking work for meager wages. They won't be victimized by the kind of exploitation experienced by undocumented immigrants. 
But the stereotype about immigrants and labor has even less credence during a pandemic where corporate exploitation is even more visible and is fueling the Great Resignation. The Great Replacement Theory also advances the belief that white cultural genocide takes place whenever black and people of color display and assert their own sense of cultural, social, political identity. Here, among other numerous examples, I'm really thinking about the social justice moniker Black Lives Matter being defamed and battered into a racial epithet by far-right thinking. But this leads to one particularly troubling point about the Great Replacement Theory, racist logic, and how it is used to aggressively advance white supremacy. In war game simulation, there is the pernicious concept of preemptive retaliation, a strategy that has been cited as a weapon against terrorism. Now we know this idea not only fuels warfare, but it also includes generalized presumptions about intergroup conflict. Unfortunately, preemptive retaliation is something that is used in everyday life. In essence, you punish someone for what you think they might do to you. For example, the avowed racist having committed violent crimes against blacks and people of color has assumed that the people he has victimized, if given half a chance, would have acted just as he did and harmed him. Therefore, in preemptive retaliation, as noted, uh, noted in some examples I'm going to mention below, assaulting an innocent person is reasoned as self-defense, and this provides all the rationale needed to strike first. Now take, for example, in the U.S., the 2017 Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, Virginia. Many of you know that I used to work in Charlottesville, Virginia, where white nationalists were clear about the GRT in expressions like, you will not replace us, and the Jews will not replace us. This rally resulted in violent altercations with counter-protesters, the injuring of 19 people, and the murder of Heather Heyer. Further, according to research by Dr. Robert Pape, director of the Chicago Project on Security and Threats, 75% of January 6, 2021 insurrectionists were white males who explicitly believe in the Great Replacement Theory, 75%. Their goal was to stop the legal transfer of power to the executive branch and to round up, detain, and, and even execute Democratic Party lawmakers seen as elite instruments advancing the Great Replacement Theory. And there's one group of scholars led by Dr. Milan Obaidi published, uh, who published a recent article discussing the Great Replacement Theory as a violent conspiracy that fosters racist terrorism. To be sure, we can point out multiple examples of violent Islamophobic attacks in Europe and the U.S. 
Dr. Obaidi and his co-authors cited the 2019 uh, mass massacres in Church Christ Church, New Zealand. That lone mass murderer, the gunman, he was a 28-year-old uh, Australian white nationalist. He killed 51 people who were worshiping in two different mosques. The attacker wrote a 74-page manifesto clearly outlining that the Great Replacement Theory was the impetus for the deadly attack. Preemptive retaliation was his goal and he was committed to his plan and to giving up his life as a martyr if need be. Uh, it took him, I think, two years to plan this. As a result of his crimes and the copycat Islamophobic attacks and murders that he inspired, the Great Replacement Theory has gained more recognition in the United States popular culture, among European nations and around the world. And it is a very dangerous and heinous idea, one that energizes violent racist terrorist attacks using the doctrine of preemptive retaliation. So as a wrap up, the Great Replacement Theory is an active, militaristic, global phenomenon where white supremacists believe that black and people of color, citizens and immigrants, are invaders of any space inhabited by white people. In addition, any interracial conflict or social challenge is perceived as an attack on the white population. The Great Replacement Theory depends on fabrication and is, in, and is fueled by fears of uncertainty as the coronavirus pandemic undergoes another major variant surge. The Great Replacement Theory is also wholly dependent on false historical narratives. Thus, white supremacists either historically proclaim racial superiority and or simply dismiss the long history of European colonization and genocide that paved the way for them. Their reconstructed narratives do not acknowledge the compounded harm done to people, nations, and lands. They refuse to see that organized systemic displacement and genocide has resulted in, centuries later, the descendants of colonized territories being forced to seek refuge in the lands once held by the colonizers. So there is no doubt it is time to expose the fallacies, paradoxes, and dangers of the Great Replacement Theory and to denounce it. So in the spirit, in that spirit, may justice, peace, harmony, and courage be with us in the new year 2022 together with a deeper understanding of the phenomena of racism. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Support for independent podcasts like The Invention of Racism is so critical at this moment. In the national and global effort to dismantle racism and to establish human equality, we need as many thoughtful and courageous voices as possible. If you believe in and appreciate this anti-racism podcast, continue to download, like, and share, and support us. And I also encourage everyone to use social media, 
their media platform to honestly analyze, examine, and put an end to racism. If you are listening to this podcast series, then you know, discourse on racism is not for the faint of heart. I hope that we, I hope, I hope that you will continue to join me as I present key topics in the invention of racism.